Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Jedi on a podcast, guys. We're already on chapter 10, which is episode 2 of The Mandalorian Season 2. We're doing another little deep dive. We do talk a little bit about the Christmas special that's coming out as well, which seems like a blimmin' good laugh. So, without further ado, why don't we just go into this episode. Well, I like I like the um, I like the title of this one, the passenger, oh. and um, it's just uh, you know what? Over the course of this second episode, I kind of because the first one was so good, and it obviously had a big climax at the end, and you got massive creature effects, and it's all so cinematic now, isn't it? It's all kind of like taking this extra leap i feel even though the season one wasn't exactly holding itself back but i feel i feel this one's like right we got this whole formula down to a t now and that's kind of let's start hitting these home runs but with um episode two or should i say chapter 10 i kind of i just enjoyed it even more even though parts of it freaked me out and we're, we're talking about that which um we I think it'd be a common thing for most people the elements that freaked me out um, <laughs> <laughs> but um let's no. go like bit by bit like so uh, i mean kind of actually like what's your initial reaction to i mean i, I completely agree that it, it's kind of i i feel that season two has taken on a a kind of more epic larger production already as you said with like episode one that was it felt like a mini film um when it came out and just how epic it was and the whole story within it and then kind of following on and just i mean the, the everything from the settings to the, the you know the creatures involved it just all feels massive and the fact that we've kind of gone into this uh like a, a new setting already um which I, I I don't know like how, how you, what, what you think about it, but I feel that these kind of first two episodes are almost like reflective of the original trilogy a little bit in the way that the you know the first one starts on Tatooine and now we're going to like you know a completely different setting, which is this snow covered hot like planet, um, which I thought was quite cool and and again kind of adds to the the sort of film feeling of both of them that they're both kind of epic um, epic settings and harking back to the original productions, but, you know, doing a completely different twist on them, which is something I love. I'm really enjoying how they're, they're using these scenarios that are familiar, but then completely turning them on their head and doing something completely different with it. Um, and, you know, and the kind of elements that they're using as well, it feels, yeah, big budget and uh, like a film in terms of the action and, and the, the characters and the settings and the, um, I mean, the creature features as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I completely agree that it feels much bigger already. I will love if your theory 
about it um, being like the original trilogy, how we start off on a desert planet, then we get the ice planet here. Matt, if ch- if the next chapter's in a forest, multiple <laughs> high fives to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm half expecting it to be, because... Um... I, I will give you it two ways. If it's on a random moon, <laughs> and if it's or if it's in a woods, like a redwood-type forest, you win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but yeah, I'm... I'm... Oh uh, yeah, I, carrying on from the first one, it, I'm really enjoying how they've taken this episode in this sort of just <sighs> bigger direction. Uh, and like I had said last week, you know, I love the fact that we had the the underground dragon, the the, the Kato dragon or the craft dragon, um, and how that reminded me of like Tremors. And now we've got this kind of you know giant spider to contend with throughout the episode. Um, it, it's just I'm a big fan of monster flicks anyway, and of course Star Wars has so many epic monsters throughout it, from you know the Sarlacc pit, as we mentioned, you know that they mentioned the first episode to uh, you know the creature on the comet in Empire Strikes Back, or uh, the creature in Solo, you know, in on the in the Kessel Run, and you know, I mean, there's just so many great kind of creature feature moments that. Yeah, the Mandalorian is just becoming this great vehicle for exploring these creatures within the Star Wars universe, which are scary and epic and have to be defeated in some way. And um, I, I, I love it as a as a as a plot line and also as a way to just kind of show off some production effects and just you know and and have these really cool action moments and you know and seeing the Mandalorian dealing with these bigger creatures as well compared to like in the first one he was dealing a lot more with people, but now he's dealing with these kind of larger scale problems. And yeah, it's just a great way to explore the universe, I think. Matt, uh, they're fully taking uh, the whole creature thing to the next level, aren't they? I mean, because why not? You've got a whole entire galaxy of things that people can just make up now and create <laughs> and uh, put into every single episode if they wish. So it really, I mean, it just really, it. doesn't it? Exactly, and, and and it's not just you know the the creatures that they're fighting, but you know as as we kind of see, pretty much from the second scene, you know the um, well, I mean <laughs> you've got the ant playing cards first with the uh, the uh, the engineer woman. I can't remember her name, but well, just uh, before that, you have the speeder attack. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The, I mean, the speeder attack is already quite interesting, showing first of all that you know that they're still after Baby Yoda. Um, and probably won't relent throughout the series, it seems. Um, and again, quite a funny moment with the, uh, you know, defeating those guys, and then <laughs> the last guy with the jetpack, and how <laughs> how he gets literally taken taken off and taken out. Um, I, well, was, yeah. I love that because that's another way of like delving into all the characters, but we get to see like a it's almost like a rogue Jawa, isn't it? You never yeah. get to see Jawas apart from with their crew on one of their gigantic sand crawlers. That's the only time we see them in the exact same getup every single time. And this time it seems to be seen like a, a rogue Jawa that's part of like a little, I don't know, like a little dysfunctional road yeah. crew that are trying to take Sith a Jawa, Mandalor- Mandalorian. And then, I mean, at one point you think, Oh my! I think he's going to get absolute beating here, and then of course he annihilates them, and <laughs> just the way he finishes the little Jawa off with the jetpack up into the air. Yeah, I thought that was. Uh, it's hilarious that out of all the things that the, this 
Sith Jawa requested. It was the jetpack off his back, but not the controls. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, again, it, it's. I mean, the Mandalorian really like has scattered throughout these like great little comic moments that come from these just, you know, it's just these situations and the fact that he is such a badass and people really do underestimate him because you know he's by himself. Um, and as they do with Baby Yoda, you know, everyone kind of underestimates him, even though he's probably one of the most powerful creatures in the galaxy, um, or w- will become that. So, yeah, it was a funny kind of interesting introduction to, well, just to the continuing fact that Baby Yoda is very much the central character, and, and he's still, and they're still on the hunt for him. Um, and then, yeah, you know, progressing back to the town and, and meeting the uh, the engineer woman again, and you know, going on this new mission and again, you know, it kind of is, it's taken us further into this interesting universe because yeah, as I mentioned, you know, you're not just getting new creatures from the monsters they're fighting, but it's also the, the creatures they're interacting with and from, you know, the ant that they're playing cards with to, uh, you know, the interesting frog lady with a, uh, a bag full of eggs, um, which is recently a, twi- a Twitter meme as well. So it's quite interesting that now come out with that. Um, so and you know, again, I, I think the, the the frog lady is just again an interesting character, quite a funny little dialect and, and situation, kind of bittersweet as well. Quite you know, quite a sad sort of storyline, which I thought was, but then also kind of <laughs> really kind of comically dark with the fact that you know she's struggling for survival and then you have Baby Yoda there literally <laughs> eating her eggs as if as if they're you know just like normal eggs you know and kind of under her nose which I, you know it was an interesting tone to take with the with the episode it was kind of funny but i wasn't sure whether to laugh at it or kind of be kind of despair at the fact <laughs> that you know the mission depends on these eggs and <laughs> yet you know yoda is is kind of destroying them one by one um yeah i thought that was quite an interesting thing but yeah it's 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 just another you know interesting kind of vehicle into Star Wars culture and universe, and um, and also the fact you know it's quite interesting, you know, like not being able to use the jump to light speed as part of the mission, and how that obviously creates a, a whole range of problems. Which you know, I mean, you know, it was kind of expected, but it, it's uh, again, yeah, it's it's interesting where the problems come from, and and you know, again, another great scene is you know the one with the uh, the X wings, you know, uh, pulling up alongside him. It's yeah. uh, it's like I I went two ways with it in terms of um when you first see baby Yoda's kind of fascination with these eggs he's almost like glowing eggs and I think there's a scene on the ship where you see him like peering through the glass yeah. and it, it's all just like this all this like innocent looking and then when he eats up he, he ends up eating them I think on like three or four occasions and by yeah. the end of it I'm like oh, baby Yoda's like stop being a dick like <laughs> told you multiple times you've even had the story as to why they're important but you're just still going after them you're such a douche just <laughs> like, just just right. okay you're 50 years old like get it into your head <laughs> that's a no <laughs> yeah it, it felt it felt kind of yeah somewhat like he had a bit of an evil cu- undercurrent to him um which you don't really expect because and uh, i mean i have to say he does continue to be so bloody adorable that you're not really sure how to take it that you know you've got this you know, and he kind of gets away with it because of that you know um 
And actually, it's funny because recently I, my brother has a eight-month-old niece, and now I'm like drawing comparisons between Baby Yoda and my niece because they're both really cute and they have these, you know, the same sort of mannerisms. So I can't hate Baby Yoda at all, but the fact that he's just destroying this woman's, you know, bloodline or egg line, um, just to the fact that he's hungry, you know, and, and you know, as we see later on the planet, it's. Uh, yeah, his hunger kind of gets him into like a, a bit of a sticky situation. So, um, it's yeah. even like right at the end, right, one of the last little things, and you see like the the frog lady kind of just like clutches onto her eggs. Baby <laughs> looks forward, and he's, suddenly he's got another one. Just <laughs> <laughs> one out of nowhere. She's like, "Boom!" I'm like, "You're such a douche." <laughs> yeah, that was such a dick move. Like after escaping that planet, just you know to. I mean, for this mission, which is the eggs, and then he's just there, like, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna eat them, you know. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, the scene with the X wings, I thought was great as well because I thought it really gives a, an interesting perspective into the Star Wars universe post the Empire falling, and and this is one of the things which you know, one of the issues I took with 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 the new films in that they never really showed. Um, the post-Empire world and, and the fact that stability had been won and, and, the, and where they took the world afterwards. And, you know, that was one of the things that I think the story, that the writing in the new films really missed out. And I'm actually glad that The Mandalorian, because it's set, you know, directly after Return of the Jedi, it is picking those things up and saying, you know, that there was some order to the galaxy, that, you know, the you know, Republic was formed and that there are, and you know, we see in the, in season one as well, um, the episode where uh, I can't remember which, what number it is it's, uh, I think number seven or eight, uh, essentially the one where they're rescuing the, the prisoners from, from the ship with, you know, yeah. Bill Burr and, and the other characters. And, you know, they're, they're one of the characters sets off that beacon, which attracts the X-Wings to then, you know, blow up the, uh, the, the prison ship. Yeah. And I thought that was quite interesting showing how the X-Wings were this sort of galaxy police uh, and how they kind of called upon. And this episode, you know, takes that further and shows how they, you know, they act like, yeah, exactly like galaxy police. And they pull alongside and like, pull over, sir, you know, pull over to the nearest planet. Um, and they have that, you know, quite funny, like little interaction, like you're gonna have to ping us. And it's like, oh, it's not working. It's like, oh, well, you're gonna have to accompany us. And it's like, oh, it is working. You know, it, it just, it feels like a quite a, a sort of yeah funny interaction with the police that you'd have in any other sort of uh, road movie or something like that. And now we're seeing it in Star Wars. And yeah, as I said, you know, it's interesting to see how the they are policing sort of ships and, and people and looking into their backlogs and whether they have outstanding arrest warrants. And yeah, I, I love that kind of exploration of of that of how the galaxy formed after the Empire. So. I like also, I mean, they must be pretty well stretched in terms of resources, the Rebellion. So they can't really have, I presume they can't have too many X-Wings flying about doing the patrols. But um, I do... But they're not the Rebellion anymore. They, you know... They're the Republic. Yeah, they should become the Republic. So actually, like, there should be X-Wings, like, as many as they want, really, technically. Um, (laughs) And then silence. And then the the wings obviously just go into, like, attack mode to a certain extent. It's like, yeah, you're going to have to cooperate with us a lot more. But I I just love the whole 
um, chase scene with the X-Wings and everything. Because I know from the clips, we are getting more. I think we're getting biker troopers, stormtroopers. Obviously, Moff Gideon's going to come back into it at some point. So we we might get TIE fighters again. And we've got, obviously, X-Wings in this one. So it's all those like nice little elements again different elements and like you said as well the um the don't know ant like arachnid creature <laughs> in the cantina yeah. as you know as they just casually go back into the most famous cantina in the galaxy again yeah yeah i was gonna say as well that that was um yeah that certainly you know ticks some nostalgia boxes and but they were sitting on the other side of the bar i think you know it's uh but I don't know. That that's just speculation. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's just rumor at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, I do. Once again, I just love the whole. I don't so much. I don't think it's as much character building now. But I just I love it when the Mando has these kind of little. He always has to trade stuff. He always has to give his time to get to the next chapter of where he's trying to get to. It's always like, it's always kind of in reach that he wants that information on people from Mandalore and other Mandalorians. But he's always, it's always got to be something, hasn't there, that he's got to trade in order to get to that next level. In this case, it's obviously the passenger, which is the frog lady that he has to transport to this place. But then it ends up getting caught up with the X-Wings and then they're stuck on this ice planet. But I just love these because we have time, don't we? We have eight, nine episodes or so, so we have time to tell these stories along the way, which are all just character building. Yeah, and it feels a bit like a, a game at points that, you know, he's you know, he's got this kind of one mission, but then, you know, he's just diving off to do these side missions to support it and, you know, like having to take these steps to reach this point and so it kind of builds up and, and you know, builds up nicely and and, you know, of course, because he's fighting these different creatures, it's like, you know, you've got these more just, like, massive moments uh, scattered throughout it. And, <laughs> and yeah, you know, and contending with Baby Yoda eating eggs. Sorry, I'm just kind of re-watching the episode and, you know, just got to the point where you're just, like, continuing to eat the eggs and, and you know, the frog lady's crying out for them. And it's just like, okay, now Baby Yoda, stop, stop, Jesus. <laughs> um <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Once again, she's like, "Yeah, I'm looking for the eggs. I'm looking for the eggs," and just <laughs> pulls back this canvas, like, "No, <laughs> no, again, just honestly." <laughs> so yeah, it's um, yeah, it does. It, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like what I said on the first episode that like the series lends itself so nicely. I mean, Star Wars lends itself so nicely to a series like this that they're able to just explore these different areas of the universe and with, you know, new characters and languages and, and kind of situations that they find themselves in because, you know, like, uh, like when they're on the ship and they can't communicate with each other and the fact that she has to use the robot to communicate through that and it's just like a fun little factor that, you know, kind of gets thrown in through, you know, and again, you know, <laughs> using Richard Ayuadi's voice for the robot i thought was you know it's just quite funny he's always so, sounds so sarcastic so it's just like another like nice little kind of comic sprinkle that the the series is so good at doing really um so yeah no i mean generally loving um yeah loving these kind of interesting characters that they're bringing in um and then once you know once things kind of start kicking off um on the ice planet you know it, it, again the, the story develops further and it, it's kind of <laughs> i mean this is kind of the interesting thing about it is that you know it becomes more somber once she you know pleads to him and 
talks about the Mandalorian code and and how they you know should be dedicated to to honoring it and and you know so I, I thought it kind of takes a serious turn but then of course <laughs> you know you had, you start baby Yoda eating the eggs you know uh, so <laughs> again quite an odd tone to take but I thought it was uh, yeah darkly funny uh, which you know uh, is an interesting interesting thing for the series to take and then of course you know once they get into the action of it it's um, yeah, again, like exploring an ice planet like that and, and seeing what sort of creatures are on there. I mean, I'm glad, you know, it's because the first episode looks at Sarlacc pit monsters and worms underground. It feels similar to, you know, Tatooine and and, and the sorts of creatures that you find there. But, you know, of course, like, you know, the creatures that we know from Hoth are, you know, um, sort of, you know, abominable snowmen and uh, uh, the Yak Yaks. Um, so to see a, a you know a sort of giant spider creature appear and 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 something that they have to fight, I, I thought it was just yeah again you know as a fan of big monsters, it was a great big monster to experience and to have there, and, and obviously with all the spawn and <laughs> again Baby Yoda, you know eating things he shouldn't. Um, yeah, it just made for a really exciting episode, and and again just exploring known settings in a nude light, you know, and having that sort of giant spider monster you know, just going wild with it. It was, it was great. A great watch. Very cinematic. The, the giant spider is kind of like, I mean, it's obviously the main villain for the episode, but it's kind of a blast from the past. Cause I believe like I I've read many places and I think it comes from, or I mean, it doesn't have to have come from, but there's Ralph McCurry, like concept art for the empire strikes back where there's, um like a spider queen almost on that planet and that's kind of i think that's luke's interaction instead of the is it wampa is that the right uh instead of the ice creature that luke interacts with on the empire it was going to be like a spider queen and laying eggs and all that type of stuff so i mean as we know favreau filoni they're so good at picking out these tiny little things that exist either in star wars folklore or star wars live action and they're so good at kind of homing in on particular things and taking elements and repurposing them and putting them in different places but my like first of all i blame baby yoda again for the spiders because he started eating the spiders (laughs) (laughs) taking them out what was him with eggs like just leave it alone (laughs) um but man when they started all started hatching because obviously it makes you think of alien Um, and the face huggers but when they all started hatching and you had like small ones medium sized ones large ones and extra large ones oh man I couldn't handle that that's that's way too many spider like looking things for (laughs) for my taste yeah it was uh, it was quite intense you know and I'm sure a lot of people will be you know absolutely freaking out at home but um, I thought yeah it made for just an interesting action scene. I mean, you, you know, it's unsurprising that there was going to be a large spider because the, <laughs> the way that, you know, the spiders start hatching and then gradually you can just see that, they're, oh, there's larger and larger ones coming out. And then, boom, you know, this huge thing comes out. And um, I think, you know, part of the action, which I, which I kind of picked up on, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned it about how, you know, Favreau is so good at picking up little elements and doing these little references. And it's interesting because, you know, when they're fighting the giant, giant spider, kind of a little bit later and it sticks its sucker on the the window of the ship mm. that gave me you know proper like empire strikes back vibes you know of 
when they're in the comet and there's that worm that attaches itself to the, the Millennium Falcon, you know, and, and freaks Leia out and then they have to go out and, you know, hunt the creatures. And, you know, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, like flashback, you know. Um, but again, it's just like such a kind of quick moment that you're not sure if it is like a nostalgia kind of thing. But for me, it felt like that. And yeah, they're just so good at like picking up those moments that it just, you know, could like just, I don't know, freak you out as well as uh, just stay true to the, the Star Wars uh, universe. I mean, maybe like maybe you're right. There's there's a lot of elements and there's a lot of bits which they seem to be very much taking from the Empire Strikes Back for this episode. Oh. We have, you know, references to old Ralph McCurry concept art. We have a, a snow planet. We have um, them finding or being in the nest or home of a particular creature that then attacks them. Um, so we have like all these kind of different things. And like you said, with the way the uh, creature tries to eat the cockpit section of, um, the, what's it called? What's the ship called? The the Razor, the Razor? Razor Crest. Razor Crest, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is exactly kind of in the same way as the Millennium Falcon in, um, in Empire. So yeah, maybe they were like, right, that's, this might be a thing. Let's do an Empire uh, strikes back themed episode and next time bring on these woods that were get i mean the bike speed uh, the speed bike is obviously heavily used from return so they've they've used that throughout and they use that obviously in the first uh in the first season but it's once again i do it does do a very good job of making you feel or seeing the Mandalorian in a situation that you don't think he's going to get out of. Definitely, definitely. And that, uh, again, like the, the first episode does, the fact that he's encountering these like even larger problems and, you know, we get to see how he handles them. I mean, do you know, I mean, as I said last week, I'm such a huge fan of Mandalorians in general, like Boba Fett and Jango Fett and how they fight and all the little, you know, gadgets they have to get out of situations and how they use them and now seeing them against these like giant creatures and you know having to use all of their little gadgets and, and ways to get out it's just so great and also because he's just such a great character in terms of his fighting ability and like his cunning and his, his smarts of the situation it's yeah it's, it's, it's great it makes for great action um within the star wars sort of universe and yeah it, i mean it, it's it's. I'm very interested to see where this series will go with this because, I mean, the fact that we already have like the first two episodes and they've been this sort of massive, uh, and you know, and another kind of, well, theme which I think is kind of relevant to Empire Strikes Back is the way this episode ends in that it it ends on an uncertainty that you know they kind of, you know, the spider obviously destroys the ship. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of very damaged, and they, but they're able to fly away later on, you know. Um, and the way that it, that bittersweet ending is feels very Empire Strikes Back for me. So, you know, like, with, with, we'll see where the, the third episode goes and if it's like a reflection of Return of the Jedi. But, I mean, you know, for these kind of first two episodes, it, it yeah, it, I mean, what a kickstart to, to the series, really. It really hasn't taken its foot off the gas, and it just feels very... You know, very intense. I mean, you know, it's all killer, no filler, really, in a way. Um, and again, you know, um, having the 
the X-Wings being the saving grace of the situation, um, I thought it was a, a nice way to kind of bring it around again and, and to keep them involved in the storyline and the fact that they kind of set up the characters in the beginning and then, you know, they end up being you know, the saving grace and he gets away with the fact that, you know, even though he is a bounty hunter, he is a good guy at heart, you know. He, he's a doting father and, you know, he cares. So it, it was a nice sort of payoff. Um, and also I thought it was quite... <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting as well, seeing um, how the X-Wing pilots were, you know, shooting with rifles and how their aim was so precise. And I thought that's, you know, I don't know if that's some sort of dig at stormtroopers and the fact that they can't aim. But <laughs> these X-Wing <laughs> pilots were marksmen, you know, in comparison. <laughs> They've just all learnt. Um, they've obviously all taken the Womp Rat shooting course that uh, Luke was a part of. <laughs> That's, yeah, he probably installed that after they won. You know, it's like okay, like this is how I train. So now everyone else will train like this because you know, let's not be stormtroopers here. You know. <laughs> yeah, I do love uh, the return of the X-wing pilots as well. I kind of like, you know, I I like the how they stay true because the man is kind of, Hey, Hey, why don't you stay and help me figure this out? And I'll give you some of this. And they're like, no, just fix the beacon. <laughs> and then they, then they head off. But I also like the fact that it doesn't feel we're not rushing into anything. You know, we haven't had uh grief, uh, cargo back yet. We haven't had Cara June. We haven't had Moff Gideon. So they're very much, you know, they're spending their time more time with the Mando and more time with the child. It's not like straight into a kind of ensemble and what's happening, but it's very much kind of, we're, you know, we're just learning about these characters even more. We're getting to spend more time with these characters before we then bring in the ensemble again to go to the next story arc of this series. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And actually, you know, by them doing that, it feels like there's just way more time for like, certain new characters like T- Timothy Olympian in, in, in the first episode and to just be able to come through um, and not take up the storyline, but provide a vehicle for, for action really for exciting kind of scenarios and moments. And, and yeah. And you know, they're, they're, they're not filling it up with dialogue as much, you know, I mean, there is obviously plenty of dialogue, but it, it's the fact that they're focusing more on action at the beginning of the series, especially with big action is, it's very satisfying, uh, and and it, yeah, it, it feels different to where the first season finished, and you know, it, it felt like the the first season could have really gone down the route of having the ensemble cast and and you know having a, a main bad guy in Moff Gideon, and but actually the, the second season has really taken off in its own sort of you know in in its own direction in terms of you know uh, I mean we had possibly Boba Fett at the end of the, you know, of the, of the last episode. And is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? It, we don't know, but it's, it's an intriguing character to kind of throw back into the mix. And then, but you know, generally most of the, you know, and, and I mean, even the kind of classic bad guys, such as the, um, the Tuscan Raiders. I mean, in the first episode that's turned on its head as you know, that they're actually not all bad. And that they're just sort of people who have the same sort of issues as, you know, um, the rest of the, people on Tatooine, so, or the rest of the creatures, or I don't know, citizens of Tatooine, I should call them, really, I don't know what's politically correct on Tatooine, and how they like to be referred to, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's again, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an interesting way of using the characters, and 
that we know and turning them on their head and then also not having to reintroduce like loads of characters back into it but still having plenty of great action and, and exploration of the universe yeah for sure complete absolutely completely also i do love the fact that there's kind of um just a little side note i love how the mandalorian's armor looks now 10 times cooler when it's got ice on it (laughs) (laughs) how can we make this guy look cooler just slightly freeze his armor and now he somehow looks even more badass than he did before (laughs) yeah yeah it's you know it's badass in every situation, you know. Whatever the elements throw at him, he, he'll look great, you know. <laughs> All round, I mean, like, chapter 10 we are now. Just so excited. There's, we got so much more to go. I love the fact um, they're rolling them out week by week as well. But um, as I understand it, I think there's eight episodes, which is going to take us all the way up to just before Christmas. Um, and it's a lovely, well-needed Star Wars distraction. But I mean, also on the note of Christmas, did you have you watched the Lego trailer for the holiday special? No, I saw you tweeted about it. I was going to, but I, I haven't yet. I, that, that's on my. Uh, I'll do that in just after this podcast. Really, I just feel it's uh, it's another little bit of Star Wars magic that is uh, very well received. It just very much it's also tongue in cheek, as you can imagine, like a, a Lego version of Star Wars is. But I just feel it just seems very well done, and it just seems like a good laugh, and it's just like a, it's just going to be. It's great to be getting so much Star Wars content. I mean, look, we're getting weekly Star Wars content now for the next few weeks, and we're getting the holiday special on top of that. It's just, it's just fun times. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's. Um... I mean, when you asked me to do the podcast and do it week by week with Mandalorian, you know, I was kind of thinking like, God, what if it wasn't great and you know i was having to go on week after week and just talk about something which like i'm not enjoying but like the way it's kicked off is just i'm so excited for every episode coming now you know i I don't know what direction it's going to go and i don't know what they're going to reintroduce into it but these first two episodes are so awesome and you know they're not like the first season at all which just you know as a fan of kind of series in general i mean yeah, it's just intriguing. You don't know what's going to happen and what you know what the next scenario is going to be, and and having great characters such as uh, the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, just as a kind of basis is, uh, yeah, it's just a, a really interesting, fun show. So I'm massively looking forward to seeing where it goes, and yeah, and also you know how and you know see whether Episode Three is on a on a forest moon, you know. So we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. And but one thing actually funny, and just thinking about this now. The, uh, obviously the X-Wing pilots like you were saying, you know, they're policing the area, and but at the end of uh, season one we obviously get Moff Gideon who still has like a host of stormtroopers like under his control, so it's really going to be interesting, I think when that starts to factor in a bit more that there obviously are just parts of the Empire that are still doing exactly what they were doing before the Death Star met That's- yeah, that's yeah, a really good point actually. That yeah, it will be interesting to see where this season goes in terms of taking that that theme of of yeah, of the kind of old you know war of like you know of, of the empire against the the rebellion. Um, but now you know it, the empire is the rebels essentially, really, to the system. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It will be interesting to see like how that plays out and and whether that 
I feel like it will become part of the second season because it's already so massive in, in terms of the production and the storylines that it feels like for them to get even bigger it would have to be almost something like that where you know you have a, a, a big battle between the New Republic and, and the Rebel Sith um, so yeah yeah absolutely that's oh god I'm a, Really want to know now. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> just keep cool, Waz. Just keep uh, cool. <laughs> cool like Mandalorian's suit in on the hot planet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, another little thing is obviously we got a slightly shorter episode today. I think maybe 10, 15 minutes shorter than episode one. But I'm hoping they all stay in the 40, 50 minute realm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, they just feel like mini films really at this point. So they don't really drag at all. And yeah. And I mean, this one, it feels like it's shorter probably because it's, you know, part of a, I mean, the mission is like a two part or, I mean, well, we don't even know how many parts it's going to be, you know, with the Mandalorian, the kind of, I'm assuming it's going to resolve in the next one, but who knows? So yeah, it just continues to feel like a, you know, like mini films, short films. So yeah, really, really excited to see what comes next really. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see for that one. So, uh, guys, join us next week uh, when we are into Chapter 11. Hi guys, I just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. And may the force be with you.